The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. Whoa. Well, we've got quite a show for you today. Let's start. Let's start with last. I think it was Sunday. Ivanka Trump posted a lovely picture with her son. Genuine warmth to the picture. Mom and son. And they're touching foreheads and they're smiling. It's a beautiful picture. The caption read, my heart. Hashtag Sunday morning. Well, Samantha B decides to use that picture on Full Frontal. Now, Full Frontal, in case you don't know, is a comedic talk show equivalent to campus feminism. And she responded in her usual way. She said, quote, you know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child. But let me just say one mother to another. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless C-word. Now, I thought that Samantha B was a feminist. I thought that we all agreed that that word should never, ever, 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 ever be used. Maybe it's like the N-word. Only women can use it. But only women can use it about certain women. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word that be used is so unbelievably offensive that it's hard to even hint at. Quote, all senses of this word are vulgar, slang, and are very strongly tabooed and censored. I understand, though, <laughs> I don't know if this is true, but I have a friend who's from Scotland who says that word is used all the time in England. It doesn't mean the same thing. He said there are many, uh, the uh, dictionary says there are many words used to refer to people in sexual terms. However, to call a person this, especially a woman, is one of the most hateful and powerful examples of verbal abuse in the English language. That's the dictionary. She continued, and she said, put on something tight and low cut and tell your father to effing stop it. Now, it's my understanding she wasn't on Ambien. She was on camera. Meaning that the line was scripted. Now, wait a minute. It seems like we have something to discuss here. Because if it was something that you said on Twitter, we have to fire you. If it was something scripted, you can apologize. Now, I'm not sure where the line is anymore. She said, quote, I'd like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trump and my viewers for using an expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed a line and I deeply regretted it. So, but it wasn't just Samantha B. It was Samantha B, her producers, her writers, the people that are in the control room, and the network itself that aired it. There was no one in the line of this that thought it would. Why is Samantha B the only one that is in trouble for this? Because that one was a group effort. Now, here's the real question. Are we? Is this who we are? Is this who we are? Are we the people that believe that you can just say that and it's, it's decent? And you're just like, oh, well, it's just another person with an opinion. And we're just okay with that. But at the same time, 
are we the people that want to fire people because of what they say? We're in a really sticky situation here. There's a story out today about how if you have um, uh, if you have Twitter, you are now a public figure. And depending on what you say online, you could lose your job as well. All of us are in this. This is not just a fight with celebrities. All of us are in this. Roseanne, I don't know if she's going to ever work again. I don't know if she should. She's a horrible human being. But I don't want to be part of a society that is rounding people up for what they say and making sure that they never work again in this town. Those were always the bad guys in movies. And we're all becoming that. I think we need to start our program today talking about three people. Joy Reid. Joy Reid, who has said horrible things, then apologized. Then when more horrible things came out, she said, oh, somebody, somebody hacked my website. And she started an FBI investigation. She said, my experts say it was hacked. No, that's not what your experts said. Your own forensics said, you know, you weren't hacked. The FBI wasn't said that she wasn't hacked, but she continues to say, I was hacked. I never wrote any of those things. And there's more stuff out about it today. You have Roseanne tweeting something and all of her, her whole life is over now because of one tweet. And one tweet that I think if she would have said the same thing with a different target, for instance, Let's go back to Samantha B. If Samantha B would have said this, if she would have said the same thing about Sarah Palin, do you think anyone would be talking about anything? No, Sarah Palin was a fine target. She was fine. If you think that Roseanne, if what she said was horrible, do you think she would have been fired had she said it about Candace Owens? No. So wait a minute. There's the double standard. Two of Samantha B's sponsors, Auto Trader and State Farm Insurance, have already pulled ads from her show. But there are plenty of advertisers out there that are still advertising. Orkin, Geico, uh, Taco Bell, Apple. Apple, who will never, never place money on any conservative show ever. It is a long-standing policy. Apple, who was run by some evil genius until he died, who in his own book said he went to Fox to try to get me fired. They are still advertising on Samantha B. I was bad for the nation. She's okay. Verizon. Outshine Snacks, Hagendoss, Jim Beam, Microsoft, Febreze, Discover, all of those companies think she is okay. None of those companies will ever advertise on talk radio. None of them will. They all pull their support. But they will stand by someone using the C word. Now, I don't want anyone fired. I don't want any 
advertisement pulled from any show ever. I would really, really appreciate it if this country and the people who are running media and the people who are in media and the people who watch and use media and the people who are on Twitter and Facebook and email would grow the F up. Grow up, America. Grow up. And when you grow up, it requires you to think and be consistent. It's Friday, June 1st. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sorry I went off script. I just don't think you should have used the C word in the middle of that. That was pretty offensive. Can't? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that was, that's what you said. Oh, yeah, I, I said, thought, I wow. can't take it anymore. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I just thought you had a, an accent. So can we, can we look at these? <laughs> I, I want to make this perfectly clear. I am torn in, in the one way that I am a capitalist. I'm a capitalist. So I believe the free market should be allowed to work without all these dot orgs that are trying to do their best to get people fired. You're not regular people and you should be dismissed for the frauds that you are. You know, somebody starts a dot org and all they have to do is get 500 or 1,000 people to write over and over and over and over and over and over again. And companies throw up their hands and say, I don't want to be a part of this. Stop it. I want people to be, I want every choice to be available to you. I want you to be able to go, I like Roseanne. And yeah, I know she said that and I think that's horrible, but I'm going to watch her or That's why I don't watch her. I didn't watch the show because I know who Roseanne is and I can't take the socialist Marxist let's behead everybody over a million dollars when she's making more than a million dollars herself and she can't see her own hypocrisy. I just can't get past who she is. Other people can. Good. Good. Let the market work it out. What we're doing is we're imposing political correctness, which is a communist Marxist idea. If you are not, they're doing it right now in China. If you are not politically correct, you're going to start getting a, a new score. You get, a, you get a score for who you are, where you shop, who you're talking to online, what you say in public, what you say online with their version of Facebook and Twitter. It's all monitored. And so if you start to say things that are not politically correct, listen to that in a different way. Politically correct, meaning you are correct with those who have political Power. Political correctness is not about, oh, but it feels good. Oh, but I'm just doing charitable work here. I'm changing people's hearts. You are being politically trained to say the things that those who have power want you to say and believe. 
So what are we doing? We're all being politically correct. Oh, you can't say that. But wait a minute. She just said that about that person and got in trouble. But when she or someone like her said that same thing about someone else, there was nothing. Why? Political correctness. Why does everyone dismiss the first word in that? Political. It's all about power and control. So let's look. Let's look at what's happened in just the last few days. We start with Roseanne. I am torn because I'm a capitalist. I think what Roseanne said was offensive, stupid, so far over the line. Even my grandfather would have said, oh, my gosh, she whoa. Even my grandfather from the 60s would have said, that's a little racist. So we're pretty clear on what she said. Now, do I want her fired? Do I want her fired? No, I don't. I don't want anybody to lose their job. I don't want her fired. I don't want her run out of out of society. Would I fire her if I were on ABC? Yep, I sure would. If I were Ben Sherwood, I would have fired her. I mean, let me take that. I would have never hired her in the first place. But if I did and sat down and went, Roseanne, okay, you're not going to be crazy, right? Right? I mean, <laughs> quite a long history. Shh. I've got a whole box of shh in the other room, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be like that. Okay, I'm rolling the dice. But still, I have a responsibility to shareholders. I have a responsibility to the license holders. I am not going to have my network boycotted. I am not going to have advertisers uh, walk away from us as a network. I'm not going to I'm not going to have talent who I need to create stuff walk away from me and say, you people are pigs. You have no standards. I'm sorry. As an owner and someone with fiduciary responsibility, I'm going to fire her. As a private individual, I don't want her fired. Same thing with Samantha B. However, Samantha B is different. This is a whole different kettle of fish here. What happened? Roseanne got up and said, I got to scratch my crotch while I'm writing something on Twitter. That's Roseanne. Samantha B claims to stand for something. I know her, I appreciate her, and I have been so sorely disappointed in, in Samantha B. I've had personal, private conversations. I believe I know who she used to be and what I warned her, warned her of, and prayed so hard that she would wake up and see that she was going to go right down the same road because I'm doing good. I'm standing up and saying the things that need to be said. And to garner ratings, to get people to watch, you have to say something more and more outrageous. Now, do I want her fired? No. No. Did she say something that personally I find wildly offensive? Yes. If I, if, me, if I were in charge of TBS, would I shut the show down? No, I, 
can't, I don't know where to begin there because it wasn't one person scratching her crotch going, hmm, I don't know. I think she looks like a monkey. That's not what happened. Somebody in the writer's room said, let's call her the C word. And everybody else said, yeah. And her executive producer didn't say, no, that's over the line, feminists. And nobody at the, in the control room said, no, that's over the line, people on TV. And then the people who had the final responsibility at the network, who has their finger on the button, never thought to go, well, I think this is over the line as, us, as a network, isn't it? Where do you start firing people and where do you stop? Was it Samantha B's fault? Yep. And all the way down the line. Because that's fine to say. That's fine to say because of politics. They're just being politically correct, aren't they? Because the politically correct thing to do is to bash Donald Trump every step of the way and do anything and everything you can to stop him. That's what's politically correct. So they were being politically correct by using the C word against an ally or daughter of Donald Trump. Were they not? Oh, this is getting confusing. But wait, there's more. I gotta stop and say thank you to a sponsor who has been with us for a long time, and it's uh, Car Shield. They have been a sponsor on the Blaze, and they have helped us helped us keep a voice. And I'm not saying mine of sanity uh, out in the world. And we thank Car Shield. Now, listen, I have Car Shield, and the reason why I endorse Car Shield is because I've seen it work, and I've just seen it recently work in my home. I have an old truck. It went in for some, I don't remember what it was, just basic repair. It ended up being over $5,000. And I'm like, what? It was a sensor. Okay. It's a sensor which caused something else to trigger. And they, so I'm, I walk in, you know, ready to pick up my truck. And it's over five grand. And then they look at me and go, don't worry, CarShield took care of all of it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. Car Shield, that's what they're going to do for you. That little in check engine light goes off, you don't have to sweat it. Car Shield, I want you to go to carshield.com right now. Carshield.com. Sign up. If you have a car that's 150,000 miles or 5,000 miles, doesn't matter. If your warranty is out, get Car Shield. 1 800 car 6100. 1 800 car 6100. Mention the promo code Beck and get an additional 10% off at 1 800 car 6100 or carshield.com. Promo code Beck. So here is the deal. We're going to go through the three scenarios. We've gone through two already. We've gone through Roseanne. We've gone through, um, we've gone through Samantha B. But there's another one. There's another one. In fact, there's a couple of others, because now we have decided that we are on a witch hunt. All of us. All of us. First, they came for Glenn Beck, and I said nothing because, well, Glenn Beck was a conspiracy theorist. Then they came for Bill O'Reilly because, well, Bill O'Reilly had some accusers. Then they came for Roseanne. Well, but she was, you know, uh, for Donald Trump, kind of, sort of, even as a Marxist. Then they came for Samantha Bee and Bill Maher. 
When are you going to end it, guys? When are you going to end it? Glenn Beck. America is addicted to outrage. We're all outraged, but we're all outraged at the small stuff. We're not outraged by the big stuff, the stuff that actually matters. And I'll give you I'll give you an example as we go. Also, Bill O'Reilly is joining us at the top of the hour. But let's let's finish off our list of, you know, the news in the media today. Everybody on the left celebrated when they came after me. Everybody left when they uh, uh, on the left cheered when they came after Bill O'Reilly. Uh, it's starting to get a little dicey for the people on the left now, isn't it? Why? Because of the system you set up. It's starting to work the way you intended it to work, except it wasn't supposed to eat you. Now Roseanne is gone. Well, people on the left aren't going to pay attention because she sold out to Donald Trump. Samantha B. now she's in trouble. But that's not going to be real trouble because she said that about Donald Trump's daughter. Well, it's getting a little dicey. Roseanne was in trouble because of what she said. She just picked the wrong target. But there's another one that is still brewing, and that's, that's uh, uh, what's her name, Joy? Uh, oh, Joy, Joy Reid. Yeah, Joy Reid. All I can think of is Joy Behar, which is another one ABC decided not to cancel because she picked the right target. You could go after Christians. But Joy, um, uh, Joy Reid is interesting because there's new information out on Joy. First, she said, okay, I said these crazy things on my blog, but that was a long time ago. I'm so sorry. And everybody came around with the confessional wagons, and they were so... Uh, and they all absolved her. They okay? did. They she, did. That was her first excuse of that was something I shouldn't have said a long time ago was yep. accepted. So then more came out, and then she changed her story and said, somebody hacked into my website, and I know it because I've had people do forensics on it. Well, the forensics people that she hired said, no, that's not what we said. No one hacked into it. But it started an FBI investigation. The FBI came out and said, nope, nobody hacked. Now, she's gone silent, but the things that were on her website aren't silent New one today is the picture of John McCain's face put on uh, the, the Virginia Tech shooter's body. Right. Okay. Okay. And that, then there was also the conspiracy theorist stuff yesterday mm -hmm. uh, when, when she posted Alex Jones's 9-11 conspiracy yep. movie uh, back in the day. And saying that, you know, you should watch this. This is really good. Yeah. It's Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's been an un and in obviously there's Correct. tons of stuff on this blog uh, yeah. that is going to be seen as offensive today. So we so let me let's go through these real quick. Okay. Who should be fired? None. I, think no, about none. Well, I don't know. You said. Well, if I you said you as a citizen. Hang on just a second. Me as a citizen. Me as a citizen. Mm -hmm. I think. You should be fired. I think you should be fired. Well, let me let me push back on this a little bit because me as an me as a shareholder or somebody who's running a company. No, I don't want to working here. A little. This is a little fantasy league here. Okay. Okay. All because right. I think because your opinion as a citizen, mm -hmm. while interesting, mm -hmm. is not particularly relevant here. 
Okay, I think, yes, you can have an opinion as a citizen, but, you know, you have no control over the organization. Right. I think what we have to do here is put ourselves in the position of making the decision for the company. Okay, so let me just look. Let's just use let's just use let's just say that there's somebody who's ever worked for me who was outrageous Mm -hmm. and said all kinds of crazy unhinged things. Mm -hmm. Let's just dream for a minute. Sure. Um, I personally may have wanted to fire somebody like that from the day they were hired. But I didn't because I believe in free speech. But after a while, you're like, okay, this is really bad. It's killing us. Stop it. Nope. I think you should fire. However, wait a minute. Hang on. It is what that person does. Okay. Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. I want to be open-minded. I want to air all voices. Until it becomes inconsistent, until it becomes just political hackery. Once it's hackery, once it's wait, a month ago, you said this and you were outrageously pissed off because of this. And now you're saying this. Get out. So I can understand holding on to people who are hypothetically speaking, who are outrageous. I think if you care about, because uh, I think that's kind of the interesting part here, is it's almost like a secondary reason. Let's just say Roseanne goes out, she tweets something really bad like this, and it starts a controversy. Do you fire her immediately? You can make arguments her. on both. I would never have hired her in the first place. But yes. you make arguments on, on, on either side there. Mm-hmm. I think if if you want to be in a world where people are able to say the things that they believe, that are able to attempt comedy that fails, they're able to actually speak their mind, and you and you treasure that at some level. I think you have to give an opportunity for someone to understand, right? Like with Roseanne. If you go to Roseanne and you say, look, I saw your tweet. It's really bad. We are going to get hurt for this. But... Learn from this. Roseanne said. And if you have another moment like it, you're going to be gone. Roseanne said uh, that she went into Ben Sherwood's office and she begged him and said, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Mm -hmm. I'll go get help. I'll go, you know, to whatever. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I'll do anything. I'll do free stuff. What you tell me what you want me to do to make this right. Mm hmm. And they said, no, you've just crossed the line. See, it's and, too far. And I love Ben. I think he's one of the smartest and he's best great. people in media. He's a friend. Period. Uh, however, I disagree with him on that. I, I think if, if someone came to me like that, I would say, look, you got you got your chance. Here you go. You know what number one is? Don't ever open that app again. If I if, if you tweet anything other than my show's on tomorrow night at 8... I I'm going to question no, your I would, existence. I would, I would not open that door. I would not open that door. I'm taking the keys away from all social media for you. Okay, nothing, nothing. I don't want to hear anything except the opening of your show. Exactly. So, so I think like there, there's a line there. You have to understand as an employee, right? That you have a business that you are a part of, mm-hmm. and you have to be able. Mm-hmm. to uh, understand and respect that business. Mm-hmm. And Roseanne and Sam B. and Joy Reid all have to do that. Mm-hmm. So let's go through this real quick. This, these pro hosts, let's start with Roseanne. P- points in her favor. Should she be fired or not? Number one, was it didn't happen on the show. 
right? That's a point in her mm-hmm. favor, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, it's off the top of her head, a flippant comment, not something she thought out for hours. Mm-hmm. Off the top of her head, bad joke, failed, racist sort of uh, point to it, mm-hmm. but a point in her favor that it just kind of stream of consciousness off the top of her also head. Also a point in her favor. Okay. This is what she does. It's this is what has rewarded right? her right. her entire life. Consistent with her persona. Correct. Right. Okay, con against her. The wrong target. Right? You, yeah. you, she should you gotta know. Like, I don't know if that's a con against her or a con against, against society. society. But it's something she should have probably known yes. again to be fired. Um uh it, 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 the motivation of it seemed to be racist, right? Like she's saying something. It's not a not a motivation of necessarily she's trying to make a point that's misunderstood she seems to really i mean she's calling a black person that's saying she looks like someone from planet of the apes so there's a racist motivation there that's a huge problem and beyond that the long history it's almost the same as the pro there it's consistent with who she is but it's a long history this this is not a one-off mistake she's done this sort of thing a lot of times that's an argument to not hire her Mm -hmm. by the way in the first place all right samantha b Mm -hmm. uh pro samantha b arguments her motivation and i know this is weird but her motivation is actually i think a pro for her all she the motivation behind it is just saying the trump administration is bad and while you may very well disagree with that that is exactly why she has that job because yes. she's supposed to say in the most creative ways possible that the trump administration is bad now so it's what they hired her for let me say that she went through exactly the same thing I did mm-hmm. because she was hired for that job as he was getting elected, just as I was hired yeah. for my job as Obama was being elected. We had a conversation where she was like, it's changing for me. It's becoming way too real. I don't know if I should back away or I should go full frontal if i should just get into it all and i said don't 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 it will rot your soul don't do it Mm -hmm. she was the last time i talked to her trying to find a way to navigate well she can't because the audience reinforces what you're saying and you live in a bubble and you are on a mission you go awry Mm mm-hmm so it is what she was hired for, but it wasn't what she was hired for. And she knew that. But yeah, uh, you're saying that because you've had good personal conversations. No, with her. and I've lived it. Right. But that's your experience. It's not TBS's yes. experience. Yeah. TBS wants someone's going to rip the Trump administration to shreds. So I said th- that's why they hired her. Yeah. Okay. They don't want your show. They want that show. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, I know. So another pro Samantha B point here. Word choice. All we're talking about here is word choice. The motivation is fine. Calling Donald Trump or someone in the administration, Ivanka is a, you know, does have an active role in the administration. It's not just mm-hmm. uh, Trump's a daughter. daughter. It, it, it is completely fine. If she had said, you're a feckless jerk. You're a feckless B Moron, you're a feckless B word. Yes. There would be no controversy. None. The only controversy here is she used the C word, which is all powerful. It's amazing in, in, in how uh, you know. we're losing <laughs> one word for every letter of the alphabet. And some letters of the alphabet are more equal than others. Yeah, uh, it, it's amazing, though, that that word is so powerful. But it is just word choice. Mm. Honestly, she called her. Uh, 
an effing a-hole, mm-hmm. probably completely fine. Yeah, well, I think so. It's just that word. And then finally, it's incredibly, only by a sliver, so incredibly close to what she was hired for. I mean, the it is just one hair over that line. They want her on television screaming swears at the Trump administration. That's exactly what they hired her for. And the fact that she used one word that is just slightly more offensive than the F word or the D word or the B word or whatever word you want to use. The fact that she used the one in between the D word and the B word, she used the C word. (laughs) That is apparently uh, a reason to fire her. And I think, honestly, I can understand in that writing room why they didn't pick that up. I can understand why they didn't think that was over the line. Go back and look at her shows. She's doing very similar things every week. Oh, yeah. That is what she does. Like it or not, it's what they hired her for, and I can understand why they let it go. All right, con arguments against Samantha B. Wrong target. Again, yes, she's in the administration, but she has not been. You know, for example, she used a synonym for the word that Donald Trump used on the bus. Okay? A synonym. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that was locker room talk to mm-hmm. a lot of people. This is locker room talk, This too. would also, I think, fall under that category, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't Donald Trump. It was Ivanka, who's done nothing to anyone. She, she, she put, held up a picture of her freaking, you know, kid. This is not... This is not a good, she has not, she does not have that target on her right now. So, so far we have, neither of them should be fired. And even if you're acting as the CEO, it really kind of goes to you. You shouldn't have hired Roseanne in the first place. And you shouldn't have hired to anyone to do that show if you didn't have the stomach for it. Mm -hmm. It's the scene in The Untouchables. What are you prepared to do? That's the Chicago way. Yeah. That's the scene. Except we still haven't gotten to joy, mm-hmm. which is a different scenario entirely. Let me uh, share some recent feedback from people uh, that have been taking Tika Tuari's crypto course. 97% of the people who listen to this program who are taking the crypto course give it a four or five star rating. 97%. Some of the con- uh, comments are the lessons are easy to understand and straight to the point. It helps me understand how to go about investing in cryptocurrencies as well as what blockchain technology even is. Thanks for the good work. I was very satisfied with the lessons, especially lesson number five and six, which clarified the misconceptions that I had about buying and selling cryptocurrencies. Thanks for these valuable tools. Well done. Although I began with a solid understanding of crypto, this presentation added meat to the bone. My trading strength and flexibility is better developed now. Simply stated, my understanding and confidence has been noticeably enhanced. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Look, if you want to understand the world of tomorrow, blockchain and cryptocurrency is part of it. And you need, an, you need a good teacher. And that teacher we have found smartcryptocourse.com go to smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK 877-PBL-BECK smartcryptocourse.com Glenn 
not going to have time for anything today. We can't even get to... Can we quickly get to the Joy Reid point? Uh, we can. First of all, a long time ago, right? This is a pro Joey Reid. Um, most of it was not really all that offensive. It was not to the extent... It Especially in the time that it was written. Her stuff about homosexuality is exactly the kind of stuff that Hillary Clinton would have said in, in, in that the time. day. And that's another part is half of Democrats believed at that time the 9-11 conspiracy stuff. Polls show that about 40 to 50 percent right. of Democrats believed it. So how and, can, and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton believed that homosexuality was uh, not something to be celebrated. It was, you know, marriage between man and a woman. Yeah. Cons for Joy Reid. She's lying about it blatantly. Lying. Uh, she, it's opposed to what she was hired for. Again, a lot of these like anti-immigrant yes. points are not MSNBC friendly points. Uh, and uh, eh, let's see, that's probably and you know it's not comedy too. I think you have more right. of a leeway when you're trying to make a joke. The biggest thing with Joy Reid, she's the clearest one of all of the three that need to be fired because she's lying. Yeah. She is supposedly a credible journalist who is lying to you. That's the problem. Glenn Beck. Glenn. Welcome to the program, Mr. Bill O'Reilly, the author of the new book, Killing the SS, available September 18th, right around the same time uh, of my new book called Addicted to Outrage, which is coming out uh, this fall as well. Welcome, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. How are you, sir? Where have you been, Beck? Where where have I been? Where where have you been? You you, you were gone. Always available. I was in Mexico for a little while. Uh Uh-huh. Um, but I've been looking for you and, uh, all over North Texas. Like I, you know, we yeah. did. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been out of North Texas. It's too hot here now. Yes. Um, I worked in Dallas for two years. Oh, that is a gosh. place. It's like a, what is it? 106 today. It's, uh, it's just nuts here. Um, Bill, let's yeah. start with the media this week. I, I want to get your, uh, your thoughts on Roseanne Barr, Samantha B. And Joy Reid, because we have kind of come to the conclusion that while the company has a right to fire people and and perhaps they should me as a citizen, I don't want anybody to lose their job for something they've said. Roseanne was outrageous, awful. I think she's a Marxist, crazy person who this is just the beginning of what she's ever said. As a CEO, I would have fired her for the good of the company. However, I'm not pleased with that because she said it herself on Twitter. With Samantha B, all the writers, all the producers, they all knew what she was going to say. It yeah. is what she was hired to do. It was over the line, but I don't want to see her fired. And then you have Joy Reid. And Joy Reid, her big sin is she's not who she claims she is. And she's lying to the audience. She's the only one that I I can clearly, easily say, yeah, I would fire her. All right. So when you say we, is that you and Stu, or, or are there more people involved? <laughs> yes, and the mouse in my pocket. Okay, good. Um, let's take uh, Roseanne Barr first. So ABC knows that she's, let's say, unstable. <laughs> All right. Let's let's that. let's be more let's be more clinical. She's crazy. Okay. All right. So they hire her back because they have nothing. The ABC uh, broadcast network has nothing to put on in prime time, and she comes back with a bunch of uh, fairly shrewd uh, what they call showrunners um, that put these sitcoms together. And I say, you know what? 
there are millions of people that like Donald Trump, and uh, they don't have anything on television to watch, so we'll give them a character, Roseanne, who likes mm-hmm. Donald Trump. And then, but we'll buffet it with three characters that don't like him, and then we'll put in a cross-dressing kid, and we'll put on a legal immigrant in there, and you know whoever else is on the block. So um, the show becomes a smash success just because of the audience that likes Trump. They come in and they watch it, and then Roseanne gets smashed. All right, over the Memorial Day weekend, no doubt in my mind, and she gets hammered, and she's got the machine in her hand. And she says this terrible thing about Valerie Jarrett. Now, if you want to know about Valerie Jarrett, I know her fairly well, so I'll be happy to answer questions about her. But anyway, then ABC says, oh, we're shocked, just like the guy in uh, Casablanca, that there's gambling going on here. Right. Um, and uh, we have to cancel the show. Now, they did that because if they didn't cancel the show, then the same people who boycotted you and me and Hannity and Aunt Laura Ingram would have been standing in front of Disney World and Disneyland with signs saying Disney is racist and Mickey Mouse is a fascist and all Correct. of that. That's Correct. exactly why she lost her show, because uh, Disney lost millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars by canceling the show. So it was an economic decision. It was the same decision that was made about me when I left Fox News. Um, so if, if, you're ben, we live in. if you're Ben Sherwood, I think the answer for Bob Iger is easy. Nothing hurts the mouse. Period. Right, right. Nothing afford, trumps the mouse. Can't afford to have 13 million African Americans okay. not go to Disney World. So if you're Ben Sherwood, do yeah. you fire her? I know what well, your he, boss he is, is saying. He, he's just a little pawn. He didn't have any power. Um, he does what he's told, or he's fired. Okay. Now let's now let's move to Samantha B. Well, for, wait, wait, wait. Before we move off to Roseanne, yes. If she would have said the same thing, except she would have said that Candace Owens. Looked like she was, uh, you know, uh, cross. No, she would have been fired either way. Any any anyway. African American, any African American, no matter what their liberal or conservative. Cannot. One more question. Okay. If the show was not pro Trump or perceived as tro- pro Trump, would she have gotten away yeah. with Candace? No, no, because you cannot in this country, and this is probably a good thing. Take any minority. Um, and put them up uh, for disparagement because of their skin color. You just can't. And and that's just the rule. So there you go. I have one more question mm-hmm. <laughs> on this, because I want to ask this of you, of all three of these people. If Bill O'Reilly is yes. Bob Iger, you are making the decision. It is your decision. You're king of the company. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I have to do the same thing. Because it's a matter of uh, insulting um, millions and millions of people, not just African-Americans. And you have to say, we have standards of behavior, and it doesn't matter whether you're on or off the clock. Um, you just, we just can't as a corporation, because we represent so many people, and we need the goodwill of the American people. We cannot you know, allow that to happen. And okay. so, so I would have made the same decision. We have to kind of forget here that they knew what they were getting into. Um, you as a citizen, mm-hmm. how do you feel about first feel, Roseanne losing I her job? I feel sorry for Roseanne Barr because I think she's a troubled woman. Do I think Roseanne Barr is a racist and hates black people? No, I don't. I don't know her very well. I had her one time on The Factor and she was a loon. She was 
trying to grow macadamia nuts someplace. And I said, Gee, you know, nuts is a good industry for you. Um, <laughs> but I feel sorry for Roseanne Barr. I don't believe that she's um, going out of her way to hurt black people or anybody else. I think she's uh, a person who cannot control herself. So that's my bottom line on her. Valerie Jarrett, um, I have... I know her fairly well. She was always respectful to us. Um, I don't agree with her political uh, point of view, but she's a public servant. She doesn't deserve any of this. She didn't do anything. Um, I feel terrible for her that she would be held up to that kind of scorn. Um, And, you know, there are no winners in this situation, none. Okay. Next one is uh, Samantha B. You're familiar with what she did this week? Yes, of course I am. Beck, do you think I live in you? I am just I am just (laughs) providing you the opportunity (laughs) to explain it to the audience. That's all I was doing. I'm a facilitator here, Bill. You have the preeminent news analyst in the country on your program every Friday. And that's usually when Bill O'Reilly says things like, yes, of course I do. And let me explain it to the folks. What she did this week was. (laughs) All right, go ahead. All right. So uh, Samantha B is a hater, unlike Roseanne Barr. Now, I know a lot of people disagree with that. They go Roseanne Barr is a hater, too. But I don't see her that way. Maybe I'm wrong. But Samantha B is, is a hater. All right. That she makes money hating. That's what a program is. We hate conservatives. We hate Republicans. We hate Trump. We hate anybody who disagrees with us. And we're going to demean them and diminish them and try to hurt them. That's what Time Warner has on their roster that's who she is so it's just incredible because she's not a foolish woman a stupid woman um that she would do something like that two days later after roseanne and use that vile term to describe ivanka trump it's just inconceivable and as you pointed out her writers knew it her producers knew it um you gotta know tbs knew it um because they tape in advance all right. They I believe I believe she is not a hater. She is uh, a a person that lives in a bubble uh, where everyone is reinforcing everything everybody believes in that circle. You completely lose perspective uh, and you do not see the hate because you feel you're justified so you can say it's a hater. But there are a lot of people in the 1930s that. We're normal people until they just got started falling into this group and all of these things happened. And they were like, yeah, you know what? That's right. But they were they were molded by the society that they uh, that they allowed themselves to be in. That's a generous assessment toward Ms. B. I know her. All right. So maybe you have an insight into her that I don't. But she has made her career as has uh, yes. Trevor Noah yes, yes, and all of these other people. Yes. That's what they do. Colbert is mm-hmm. the best example. All right. I'm not, by the way, I'm not excusing Bill. I'm not no, excusing. I know, I, not. I, 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 and you know, you know the woman, so you're correct. You're right. I know the me, woman, and I think she has chosen her own path that led her to that, and that's her right, fault. But the vitriol that she brings, all right, is far more than most of the uh, far-left kooks who... Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. I I put her in that category, that she likes to inflict pain. But the industry is, this is what we say, because this is who is watching. You may remember when I went on Jon Stewart 
Um, and I, I was on his program quite often, and he was on my program. We had a pretty good relationship and back and forth, and it was very successful. But I would walk in, and I'd look at the audience like, oh, you bust them in from Havana, didn't you, Stewie? Because they were all the same. They're all communists, you know, waving uh, red flags at you. And, and that's the audience. That's Colbert's audience, all right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any conservatives or Republicans watching him. So he has to go and do that kind of stuff. But it's the level of vitriol and the level of what I call hatred that look at this guy at ESPN. I mean, look at him, look at him, what how what a hater he is. And they hire him. I mean, you know, you're talking okay. about Keith, Keith Oberman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy's been a hater for decades. Yeah. Uh, All right. And, and so another ABC yeah, mouse on, property. On, here's ESPN. Come on and work for us. Mm-hmm. OK, look. Fine. I mean, I, I agree with you. We shouldn't be in the business of blackballing people and, and, and taking away their livelihoods. But if Disney is going to do that, then Disney has to say, we're okay with hiring haters. But I have we're to. okay with it. And let me okay. point out, Bill, I do believe this is a result of blackballing. I believe this is a result of first groupthink and in some cases, actual blackballing. Don't hire any conservatives. Don't hire any of those people, but it becomes groupthink and they are so arrogant because they never meet anyone who has a different opinion. And if they do, they all as a group, you know, um, gang rape that person until there's nothing left. Listen, you're right in the sense that they are true believers in um, whatever political philosophy that the left wing is putting out that day. But I think you don't see the sadistic nature of these people. And I've been on the receiving end of the sadistic nature of these people. That overrides the ideology. So you say, okay, they live in a bubble and they only hear one thing, far left, you know, garbage. Um, But if they did hear you and me and other people, um, they wouldn't care. I would agree with I would agree with some and I agree with a group, but one to one, you can make a difference. And they do uh, over time. The honest ones will open their minds and open their eyes. And I do believe you have like, for instance, uh, you know, the professor at Evergreen College, which, you know, Bill is like crazy town. Weinstein has come out and he's like, I'm not a part of this. You're you're rejecting science. You're rejecting everything and is coming out and saying, look, we have to have decent conversations where we don't kill each other because we have a difference of opinion. Listen, there are various varying degrees of people. Let me give you a good example. I could go on Jimmy Kimmel and have a conversation with Kimmel that was reasonable. All right. And, And Kimmel would seed some points and then other points he wouldn't. But it was reasonable. I could not do that with Colbert. Yeah. There's no way I could do it with him. He wasn't interested, not interested yeah, yeah. in any opinion Correct. other than his own. Correct. And then if you didn't agree with him, he was going to try to you know, diminish you. So there's a difference in, in these people. Correct. There's just a difference. So I think, Bill, you're, you, the point you make about uh, about Samantha B is, in, in a way, in her favor, right? Like ABC didn't hire 
uh, uh, Roseanne, Roseanne to, to make racist tweets. They did hire Samantha Bee to say mean things about the Trump administration. Sure. Now, th- so, mean, there's no doubt that that's what she traffics in. Right. It's the same thing on the correspondence dinner with this Michelle Wolf. Yes. I mean, there's no excuse. They knew who she was. She, they knew what she was going to do, and she did it. So, okay? Bill. And Bill, then they said, oh, she went over the line. Ah, bull. You're a bunch of phonies. You wanted that to happen. It happened, and it blew your whole thing up, and it's it's over. So, you got what you deserve. So, let's get to this. Let's get to the second person in the, the final question. Bill O'Reilly is at TBS. Do you fire Samantha B? I, well, you know, I know this is a cop out. I wouldn't have hired her in the first place. Um, she's not making much money for Time Warner. I mean, you know, her show's not like a hit. Um, I probably would revamp the whole thing, and she'd be one of the ones that, um, you know, were given a ticket to ride. Remember that song back? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Bill O'Reilly, back in just a second. More on this. Also, what is with the pardons that are are coming now? The, The dirtiest man in politics... Pardoned by the president, the former governor that was was selling the seat of Barack Obama in the Senate. He's been pardoned. We'll get into that coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. Next hour, I hope to have time to be able to tell you about what just happened in uh, Salem. Salem, Oregon. Um, they, the, the, there was a tweet that went out from the city. It says emergency alert, civil emergency in this area until 1128 PM prepare for action. Now, what the hell does that mean? Well, nobody knew. And there was panic in Salem panic. People were going out and, and emptying the stores. They didn't know what it was even happening. They just got a, they just got an email from the city panic, everybody. And everyone just worked off that tweet. And it was chaos for a few hours in some of the stores. Don't go through that. Don't go there. By the way, it turned out to be nothing. In fact, it turned out to be, I think, a what was it? A red tide or something? It's like crazy stupid. Anyway, do not put yourself in that situation. You're prepared. Be prepared for whatever may come your way. Go to My Patriot Supply right now. My Patriot Supply, uh, they'll ha- they have hundreds of self-reliance items. The website, MyPatriotSupply.com, is really easy to use. Uh, food kits, water filtration systems, survival gear, MyPatriotSupply.com. No matter where you live, Salem, Oregon, Salem, Massachusetts, where witch hunt, you'll be prepared. Well, maybe not for the witch hunt. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Trump's pardons uh, that happened this week. There's so much more to talk about with Bill O'Reilly. Also, Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee, is going to be with us talking a little bit about the Constitution and and a, a focus on freedom of speech and and what it means and 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 how we put this whole thing back together. We're joined now by Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Bill, the the uh, the last person in this media mess this week is Joy Reid, and she's the only one that that Stu and I clearly easily say she should be fired. And it's because she's a journalist, not an entertainer. She's a journalist and she's lying. Maybe she was converted though, Beck. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. If she would have said, if she would have come out and said, yes, I did believe those things, but Barack Obama used to believe those things. and, 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 and Hillary Clinton used to believe those things. It was a different time. 
okay, then we can have that conversation. What she's doing is she started an FBI investigation. She 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 said that her own forensics showed that her website had been hacked. Her own forensics said, no, that's not what we said. It wasn't hacked. She's lying. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know her. Um, nobody really watches her. Um, I don't think there are a lot of standards at MSNBC. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's the big standards network. So if you are the head of MSNBC, I kill myself. Then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I think we got it. I think we got it. Nothing more to be said. Uh, Bill O'Reilly from BillOReilly.com. Also, his upcoming book, uh, Killing the SS, which I might read. I might read. I'm excited. Yeah, about we're going to send it to you. We'll send you a galley in about three weeks. Yeah. Do I get uh, one too, Bill, or is it just Glenn that gets the galley? You get the large prints too. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I actually can't wait to read this. I don't know why, but I've, no, I think every know, guy listen, is fascinated. A lot of new, a lot of new stuff okay. um, that has never been put out before. Okay. So, uh, be well, hopefully you'll check Google before you do it to make sure it's accurate. Or <laughs> Joy Reid. Something else. Uh, <laughs> you check with Joy Reid right. uh, and find out that it's accurate. We'll be back. We, we want to talk about the pardons and other things that have happened politically with Bill O'Reilly when we come back. Mike Lee in 35 minutes. Your home is your domain. Uh, and it is important to have a place that you really love because you're going to be spending a lot of time there. And um, I don't know if you've noticed how crazy the world is right now. You're going to be wanting to spend a lot more time inside, <laughs> away from the world as much as possible. Uh, and with all this global warming, you really need to have reliable shelter because the whole world's going to be on fire all around you anytime. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go when you want to buy or sell a home and you want to have great advice on not only to how to price it, but how to market your home, uh, all the paperwork that is incredibly important. I mean, this is a big time legal process and we get in the habit of just kind of like signing our names, you know, just some random person you met at the gym or at Starbucks, they become your real estate agent and all of a sudden you're just kind of signing your name on hundreds of thousands of dollars and, you know, you need to have someone who's really reliable. You need to have someone who's gone through a real screening process. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome back to the uh, program. Uh, we're glad you're here today. I mean, we have so much we are not going to be able to get to today. 3.8% unemployment rate. Uh, that is the lowest since 1969. Hello. Uh, great unemployment news today. Um, the media monitoring service we're going to have to get to on Monday, but you also don't, if, if, if you miss any of the news today or any day, uh, you don't have to, what we do is if you'll just sign up for the blaze newsletter, you go to the blaze.com slash newsletter. Uh, we, we give you in the morning, we give you a bunch of, uh, the stories, the three most important stories, uh, chosen by real people and not algorithms and what we think you need to be know for the day and then at the end of the day we also give you a roundup of everything that has happened and the opinions from everybody at the blaze on what all of it means so the newsletter you can sign up now at the blaze.com slash newsletter bill o'reilly i'm sure you're going to be in the newsletter this afternoon well i hope so and i mean that's a pretty attractive offer back but you met you left out one part but that if you do sign up for uh, the blaze newsletter 
Um, Stu will come to your house and paint the outside of it. One coat, though. Yes. Yeah. Well, only not, one not coat. Thank you Thank for you. bringing that up. Only one. And coat. And I will not dispose a... of the uh, of the. I'm not cleaning up after myself. Right. right. I will paint just, the house. Yeah. Just paint it and split. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good deal. You have to remove all the old lead paint. But thank you for bringing that up, Bill. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the uh, the pardons, and let's do them one by one. First of all, uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, he was pardoned. What? two days ago or yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, somebody who has it, it, it went to prison for something that nobody has been prosecuted yeah, I know. for. It was, ridiculous. it was clearly a political hit and he was pardoned now uh, by mm-hmm. the president. What do you think? Well, first you have to understand how much Donald Trump loves power. He and that's loves, scaring me. It loves power. Yes. And now he has it. And one of the prerogatives of a president, they can pardon anybody they want. Sure. So he's going to use that. Um, he understands that uh, D'Souza is an ally, so he'll get a pop there. And as you pointed out rightly, it was a low-level beef and um, ridiculous. It was a con- campaign yeah. um, contribution violation. Right. So, it's, it's, I mean, Rosie O'Donnell did far, far worse, and yeah, nobody's pursuing it was ridiculous. her. The whole thing was ridiculous and really... Right makes me very, very concerned about our justice system. So, right. so um, I agree with that one. Yeah, I agree. So he's, with that. he's pardoned. Okay. Now, now let's go to another one that's a little more controversial. Insider mm-hmm. trading by Martha Stewart. Right. Again, um, I think the woman um, paid a price that probably was more than most people would have paid. I don't have any problem um, pardoning her. Um, but what people don't know is that uh, Trump gets pies sent to him for his entire life. <laughs> so I don't know. If so would you have partnered your President would, O'Reilly? Did I you? Would have, you would have partnered him. Yes, I, just because I think the woman has suffered enough, and um, yeah, she did it, and she lied about it. She paid a huge price. And so let's uh, let's give her a break. And I like the pies, so I okay. the pies would have been good. The next one is uh, Governor Blagojevich, who is yeah. one of the worst guys in political history, and that's saying something in <laughs> in uh, Chicago and and mm-hmm. Illinois. Yeah. He's a guy who was caught selling the Senate seat of Barack Obama. Right. And, you know, he, he was selling it on the street. That's what was embarrassing. I mean, you just can't do that. Um, I don't think I would have pardoned uh, former uh, Governor um, Blagojevich. I do not. I mean, that really sound, that's really a bad one. Why is he that's doing bad. this? Was it because the, he you was know, on, they're I, both I, on Celebrity Apprentice? This is yeah, the he knows him. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, his, his wife, Blagojevich's wife, um, you know, made a really emotional appeal. I think the guy's a broken guy, but I'd have to see that. You know, you'd have to make that public. You know, if the guy's health is broken down and he's on his last legs or something, and maybe that that's a uh, humanitarian. But on just crime and punishment, uh, he doesn't deserve to get out of prison right now. He just doesn't because you just can't have at that high level that kind of stuff going on. You've got to send a message. And isn't, like this a ba- uh, isn't this a bad message for to send for the next president as well? Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but it's not a good message for the folks. Um, it's almost like this Kim Kardashian thing, which I thought was a fascinating story. Um, she comes in, and, you know, the only reason she's standing there next to Trump in the Oval Office, and if you look at the picture, it's so weird. He's sitting down. She's standing next to him like a Roman centurion in this kind of demure outfit. Um, 
and you know her cause to try to get people out of prison who have been there for 20 years and uh, major drug dealers because this woman that she's espoused this Johnson Alice Johnson she was a she was a major force of moving crack in Memphis Tennessee I mean it's almost me thousands of kilos of cocaine so this wasn't some innocent nonviolent offender as Barack Obama tries to point out oh, they're nonviolent they're not crack destroys people so um, you know Trump again he used it as a photo op. He saw it as something that was going to benefit him. Does he know Alice Johnson? No. But he likes to use his power in these instances. But I think you're right. You take it case by case. Um, well, I said on BillOReilly.com, I'd, I'd let Miss Johnson out probably. She got life, um, 62 years old now. After 25 years, she served 21. I think 25 is a fair sentence. So here's the, here's the problem, Bill. Um, we, I don't want to get into a situation to where we have the president look at it case by case on who can get into his office. There's a lot of people who feel that they have been. But they always do that. Every yeah, president has done I that. I know that, but they'd usually save him for the end of the uh, administration. Uh, I just don't. It, it, it bothers me uh, that. You know, we can it, it, it can be perceived now as, you know, if, if you're a friend, come on by, have your wife or your husband come on by. I don't like that precedent. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I might agree or disagree with, you know, the the individuals. I just don't like the idea that over an eight year period, once at the end of your term. OK, I don't like it, but OK. But all the way through your term. I think that sends a a class message that if you're if you're Blagojevich and you know the president or the wife can get in to see the president, you get a special favor. But somebody else who has done less and done less harm, they don't have any connections and they get out. That's not good. Well, I mean, you're going all the way back to Andrew Jackson and Martin Van Buren and the Patronage Boys. I mean, this has been going on since the country was founded. Um, connections are connections. Um, I don't like them either. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but that's the way America works on connections. Um, and that's why some people get prosperous when they shouldn't. And other people are treated unfairly when they have a lot of talent. I mean, it's just the way we are. But if you know what Trump is alike and that he, he just loves the power that he has, he's going to do these things because it gets him in the news. He loves that. Um, it, it mobilizes his base in some regard, although I don't can't see the Blagojevich thing helping him at all uh, politically. Um, but he's just, you know, he's an unconventional guy. He's going to use his power. You know, it's almost like a hobby for him. It's fun. It's fun to have Kim Kardashian in there. And so he's bored with the tariffs, and let's get Kim in here. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, on some On some levels, Trump, um, is the most human president that we've had in, in decades. I mean, Barack Obama was a machine. Mm-hmm. And, and George W. Bush was from the Bush dynasty and raised mm-hmm. in a way they would never do any of this. He doesn't even know who Kim Kardashian is. Um, so, and, you know, but Kennedy was very human, too, JFK, even though he was raised in a crazy family. But Trump, is a, he just has all of these things that he, he's... He wants to have some fun, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know. This is amazing and analysis. Kim Kardashian standing there, and he's sitting at the desk saying, "Hey, you know, I'm the big boy," and it's fun for him, and that's why he does it.
That's really interesting. Well, let, let's can we go back real quick to the economy, Bill? I mean, we we updated everybody on the uh, unemployment yeah. rate. Where we didn't get your comments on it. I mean, this is the lowest rate, three point eight percent. It ties only one month in the year two thousand, April two thousand, uh, as the lowest month in a half a century. Um, the the U one unemployment rate, which is the unemployment for fifteen weeks or or longer, people who really are struggling. It's not just they lost a job and got a new one in a few weeks. Really struggling. That is down to one point three percent right now. Right. This, it really I mean, is incredible. It, first of all, it's good news for Roseanne. so she's not going to be out of work too long i felt really bad for one of the writers who was it was his first day he was like congratulations to me i just got a new job a first day of oh crap right when i left fox i I felt so badly for my staff because they had been with me so long yeah now they weren't they didn't leave they all got jobs and some of them came with me to billoreilly.com but I just felt so terrible because, you know, people have lives and they have kids and everything else yeah, and disrupted by this insanity. I know. But, um, you know, this is everything for Donald Trump. Yep. Everything. And it'll be interesting tonight. Um, I won't watch, but I'm sure they, somebody on the blaze will. And I'll read you guys, uh, you know, on Monday when you give me the daily briefing, how the liberal hate Trump networks are going to spin this. Because this is devastating for the Democratic Party, which wants to take back the House and the Senate in November. You're running this kind of an economy, all right? The stock market is of concern. You should watch that because that's just, you know, no, it's all emotion. You you want to take emotion out of that thing. But anyway, um, the folks, as as crazy as some of the things Trump does um, are, if the economy is this way in October, uh, the Republicans are going to win. Well, I've already seen and, the first about a spin. It started last night. I think everybody knew when Donald Trump said, hey, I, I hear those numbers might be yeah, exciting to watch. Yeah, those numbers. <laughs> yeah, let's look for those numbers. Okay, oh. man, we know you get them a day before. Um, <laughs> and he had a paper hat on. Did yeah. You <laughs> so, uh, you know, they already started spinning. And one of them I saw that, you know, they were like, well, this is the Obama economy. Oh, yeah, but nobody's buying that. Not even the people in San Francisco are going to buy that. Okay? They got to got. <laughs> you can you can lie all day long, but this is just too crazy. Uh, it's all unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, so you have, you know, what, and the other thing that's going to drop next week is this Inspector General's report from the Justice Department. And, and this is going to go Trump's way. Um, and that, with the economy, that one-two punch, I mean, you're going to see, I, I think CNN is going to preempt itself and maybe run some European soccer yeah, in prime I, time. Because what these people, they're going to get so hammered. And, you know, on the other side, the uh, the Fox people who like Trump, I mean, they're going to be running around. It's going to be New Year's Eve there. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be in the next week or so, I mean, a tremendous surge of good news for Trump, which means, Stu, that he'll do something incredibly stupid to just negate it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right? Bill O'Reilly. That's absolutely going to happen. BillOReilly.com, everyone. Thank you very much. BillOReilly.com and the new book, Killing the SS, available September 18th, which is going to be a great read. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Let me tell you about uh, businesses. If you are looking to hire somebody, you need something better than just posting your job online. You need the best headhunter available. Well, there is one. It's called ZipRecruiter. 
ZipRecruiter knew there had to be a smarter way than just helping you, you know, post your stuff up on all of the different job sites. So what they did is they invented something that was smarter, smart technology that learns what you're looking for. And then it identifies the people with the right experience and then invites them to apply for your job. Now, these invitations are why, you know, you have 80 percent of all employers saying first day through I had a quality candidate. They even spotlight the strongest application that you receive so you never miss a great match. Smart technology on your side. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck is how you find them. Try it for free now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Again, free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Okay, welcome to the program. Glad you are here. Uh, can I uh, expand on one issue uh, on the Dinesh D'Souza pardon? Yes. Mm-hmm. I uh, fully agree with the Dinesh D'Souza mm-hmm. par- pardon. Mm-hmm. He, and you may say, ah, he's been on the show before. He's somewhat of a friend of the show, right? He's been here. We've, you know, worked with him for many years on separate, you know, several projects. But that is not at all the reason why I am for the Dinesh D'Souza pardon. The law he broke is blatantly unconstitutional. And by the way, Dinesh admits... He broke the law. This is a really good one to bring up to Mike Lee. Yeah, yeah. I would be interested to hear his Mike's point on this. Mike's going to be on with us in about 10 minutes. Because it's not right. It's not right that you should go to jail because you spent too much money using your free speech and your, your own currency that you... Mm-hmm. That's uh, a different argument than what everybody's making, but the more powerful argument. And the way you make this argument real is by Donald Trump pardoning anyone mm-hmm. who has committed a, 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 a similar crime. I believe all of those people should be pardoned. It is blatantly unconstitutional. You know, we, we did a, a series, a chalkboard series uh, a couple of weeks ago about presidential overreach. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we talked about was the veto power was initially designed for the president not to, to, to veto things that he didn't like, but veto things that he believed were unconstitutional laws Congress yeah. passed. He, he really, there was, there was never a precedent for, I don't like this. Yeah. It was... I don't believe this is constitutional. Right. And, and I'm the last stop to protect it. And following that logic, I think this is a good use for the pardon yeah. power of the president. If you, if there's a law you believe is unconstitutional and people are sitting in jail for it or paying punishments for it, it's a good use of the pardon. However, you can't just use it for the guy who tweets favorably about you all the time. You should also hey, use well, it for wait people a minute. on there the There are left. people that make the case that mm-hmm. uh, our borders are unconstitutional. So could a president have the right to say, I think this is unconstitutional. I'm going to free all of these people. Absolutely. Yes, that is what the pardon power is. It is. I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty much an absolutist on this. I think you can do it for pretty much any reason. So I, I think this is I a good use to of agree, it. I happen to agree with you, but that is why I'm like, I want to see it used once on the last day. of you. I don't like the idea that the president can just drop in over eight year period you know, you have to have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give three or five of these. And that's all I'm going to do, because he does have the ultimate power on this. Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. It's Friday, June 1st. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mike Lee, senator from Utah, uh, who is probably one of our leading constitutional scholars uh, in the Senate and alive today. And we're appreciative of him coming on. We have a ton of to talk to him about including his uh his book written out of history the forgotten founders who fought big government and it it first came out in paperback and now it's out in hardcover which 
shows me really that people in uh, the Senate just don't know anything about business because it's supposed to go the other way. Um, welcome to the program, Mike. I'm, I'm assuming that they're doing this and putting this out in hardcover because yours is one of those books that you want to keep for a long time. It's not kind of a throwaway book. Is that why? Why? Are, yeah, no, that's actually a great narrative, but you've got the, the facts backwards. It came out in paperback this week, came out in hardcover about a year ago. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> then our information was wrong. I'm like, oh, that doesn't make yeah. sense. Hey, Bill, I mean, um, uh, Mike, I want to talk to you uh, about a couple of things. Let me start. Um, I want to talk about the news of the day, but let me just start with one character that is in your book that um, that I think really kind of describes how important history has been completely erased and it's the the individual that you talk about in your book mum bet can you explain who mum bet is yes gladly mum bet was a slave in colonial massachusetts in the home of a man named colonel john ashley mum bet realized one day after the revolution and after the massachusetts state constitution of 1780 had kicked in that it contained language saying that all human beings are free and equal in the state of Massachusetts. And it also occurred to her that language had originally been drafted in her master's own house. <laughs> she went and found a lawyer, a lawyer who had been there present uh, and, and a participant in the drafting of that language. His name was Theodore Sedgwick, and she retained him. They brought suit in Massachusetts state court seeking a writ of replevin, which is a common law action whereby you can order the return of unlawfully possessed personal property. And she won her freedom, thereby opening the door for every slave in America to eventually become free. It would take decades, to be sure, for everyone else to become free. But Mumbet won her freedom just by asserting her rights existing under Massachusetts state law after the revolution. I think that's extraordinary, and, and I think it's, it's odd that we don't know anything about her. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that I, I believe it was Massachusetts that actually was the state that declared the first slave because a black man in the 1600s had an indentured uh, servant and uh, he may, he went to court and made the case. No, he's mine for life. He can't leave after this. He's mine for life and won. And it's interesting to me. I think that, do you know, Mike, I think that happened in Massachusetts. Yeah, you know, that sounds right. I, I am not certain of it, but that sounds right to me. And that, that makes this ironic. But nonetheless, this story is interesting. It's significant. It's important. And yet most people in the United States have never heard of Mumbet. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, freedoms and freedom of, of speech. Uh, and if you don't mind, we'll just kind of go back and forth on some of the stories and some of the stories of the day as well. Uh, you know, I wrote to you earlier this week, um, Mike, and and I don't know if you understood my uh, frustration or if you share it, um, but I understand from a corporate fiduciary responsibility the hirings and firings of people like Roseanne Barr, um, and it, it is it's understandable under fiduciary responsibility or even just being responsible and saying. I don't want that kind of stuff on my network. I don't want to be associated with that kind of person. However, we've seemed to have crossed a line to where there's a story out today that if you are if you are on Twitter or Facebook, you are now a public person with a public persona and you can be fired for what you say on Facebook or Twitter. That that 
is not unconstitutional, but it feels wrong. Right. There are a lot of things that are unconstitutional that might none that, that are not unconstitutional that might nonetheless be wrong. For example, if an employer in the circumstance you describe just starts just sort of either indiscriminately firing people uh, without warning for something people say, or perhaps even worse, starts um, weeding out employees and saying, uh, I, I don't want to have people under my employ who embrace a particular political ideology. And that would be that Google. Would disturbing. Yes. And, and it wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't uh, rise to the level of something that is unconstitutional, certainly, probably not something that's even unlawful, but it's still creepy. And um, we would be right to be concerned about it. So is this an example of what our founders talked about and said, this system is wholly unfit for a society that that isn't ethical, moral, and, and religious? Sure. It's, it's one of countless ways in which our society can crumble if we lose common sense and if we lose a basic sense of decency, morality, and respect for the dignity of the individual human soul. So how do we get out of this uh mike because i think that the, the the vast majority of people you know i i i you know i i, I keep thinking today of the Nemoller poem of you know first they came for glenn beck and i didn't say anything so i wasn't glenn beck and i wasn't a fan then they came for bill o'reilly because you know he had accusers then they came for Ro- roseanne barr but you know she said some really bad things then they came from for samantha b and who knows? There's not going to be anybody left here. And it feels it's not the McCarthy era because the, the government isn't involved, but it is the era of blacklisting. It is the era of say one wrong thing that isn't politically incorrect or that isn't politically correct and you're gone. So how do we how do we navigate these waters? Well, first of all, not that this is any source of comfort to someone who is in the public eye, but people who are in the public eye are going to face a lot more scrutiny. Uh, Samantha B, Roseanne Barr, uh, they're both fairly prominent public figures. It's not just that they were employees doing their job and they went out and they said something. And it's also not the case that they went out and said something that was completely innocuous uh, or, or that any of us would, would ever even defend. These were pretty vile things to say. Mm-hmm. But I get your point. Uh, taken to an extreme, this could cause problems for a lot of people, and, and perhaps unfairly so. Separations of powers. You, you outline in your book a story of the Iroquois chief that taught Benjamin Franklin about the separations of power. Explain that. Okay. An Iroquois Indian chief by the name of Kanasatego. He was from the Onondaga tribe. He and Benjamin Franklin met in Albany, New York, at a conference in 1744, and they became friends. When they started talking, Kanasatego showed Benjamin Franklin uh, an arrow. He said, take this arrow, see if you can break it. He broke it easily. He said, now take five or six or seven arrows, bind them up together, and see if you can break those. And it was impossible for, for Franklin been a young man or, 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 or any man of strength to break those arrows bound together. He said, this is the strength of the Iroquois Confederacy. We can take these tribes, they come together, they agree that they will continue to govern themselves on a local level, on matters of local concern. But for purposes of our being a nation, for purposes of providing for our defense, 
We are one nation, and we all act together. That's where our strength is found. This gave Franklin an idea, an idea that resulted many decades later in a system of government that fostered the development of the greatest civilization the world has ever known. The idea is federalism, this idea that we could come together as originally 13 separate states. We could be one nation for certain limited purposes while continuing to allow ourselves to be governed locally on all other matters. It worked, and this flourished for more than a century and a half while we honored and respected it. This is the, uh, the so-called vertical protection of powers that we call federalism. But over the last 80 years, we've drifted away from federalism. And with that, we've also neglected the name of Canasatego. I, I think if we brought back his name and brought back his story, it might also help us to bring back this concept of federalism, this idea that not every problem in our society needs to or should be resolved through the federal government. It's caused us a lot of heartache and a lot of national debt as we've gone down that tangent. And we need to bring back federalism. Senator Mike Lee, uh, the new book is written out of history, The Forgotten Founders Who Fought Big Government. And uh, Mike, you have to come to our Rights and Responsibilities uh, pop-up museum here in a couple of weeks. It is all about that. Uh, and and really remembering that these rights belong to the people and not to the government and, and making sure that, you know, the the balance of power is right everywhere. But we have another balance of power that is that is out of whack, and that is the the balance of power between Congress and the presidency now. Yeah. One of the reasons we uh, we like you, Mike, is that uh, you don't just write books about this stuff. You actually try to do things about it. Uh, you uh, introduced the Ar- Article one regulatory budget act. And that's kind of what, you know, the separation of powers is sort of part of this, right? It's about Congress taking back the power that the Constitution gave it initially. Uh, and, and, and so much of it has been signed over to regulatory authorities and the executive branch. Can you kind of go through that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Over time, we've seen the lawmaking power, the power to set policy that's enforceable through the overpowering force that is the federal government. That belongs to Congress. The very first clause of the first section of the first article of the Constitution says, all legislative powers here and granted shall be vested in the Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and a House of Representatives. Such and a geek, he knows that off the top of his head. <laughs> go ahead. Well, who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> Nobody does, Mike, but go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, notwithstanding that language, which is pretty clear, it says if you want to make a law through the federal government, it's got to be through Congress. Over the last 80 years, Congress has gotten bored and tired of having to make all the law because we've made everything federal. So as we've made everything federal, we've said, okay, let's not make the law anymore. Let's delegate to some electric, uh, unelected, unaccountable executive branch bureaucrat the task of doing that. So what we do is we come up with laws that say we shall have clean air, and we hereby delegate to the EPA the power to decide what clean air is, what acceptable pollution limits are. And, by the way, the same people who are writing those laws will also get to enforce those laws and interpret them on the way. Mm. And so you have a concentration of power in the same group of people, the power to make and interpret and enforce laws. This is a big problem. It's one of the reasons I started this Article 1 project a couple of years ago, to start to identify areas in which we've excessively well, delegated one uh, of the, our, our, our lawmaking power. One of them is trade deals. I mean, we have tariffs now. That is not the president's uh, territory. That is clearly the territory of Congress. And, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody in Congress wants that. 
Yes, and this is a problem because the, the founding fathers understood that the power to set taxes, the power to levy tariffs and things like this, this had to be vested in Congress, not just because it's uh, uh, by nature of a law, the way it operates, but also because this is a pretty powerful, destructive force, and they wanted to make sure that this was vested only in the branch of government most accountable to the people at the most regular intervals. And so they did. Article 1, Section 8 makes this very, very clear. And yet, over the last 80 years, we've delegated away that power as well. One of the reasons I introduced the Global Trade Accountability Act, which would require Congress to vote each time the president takes, or one of the executive branch bureaucrats takes one of these actions to start a trade war. Any, Any support on this? Yes, I've got some support. I've got a, uh, a lot of people who come up to me and say, hey, I want to co-sponsor it. Nowhere near the kind of support I would need to get yet to get it passed. But we could be enter- entering into some interesting times, Glenn. Uh, with what happened yesterday and with what happened a couple months earlier um, uh, on, uh, on the initial announcement of the Section 232 tariffs, we're going to start to see some retaliation by many of our allies, including... Mm-hmm our allies in the EU, in Canada, mm-hmm. in Mexico, in response to these 232 tariffs, you know, on steel and aluminum, which are major manufacturing inputs. As that happens, this stuff is going to start to snowball, and we're going to start to see some impacts on our economy that are not altogether pleasant. Look, we have to remember, there are a number of people in this country who have jobs that involve making steel and aluminum. But for every job that involves that, there are... 10, 20, 30, 40 times that number of jobs that are involved in making, processing, selling, distributing things that are themselves made with steel and aluminum here in America and that become more difficult to make and distribute here in America if we're restricting through the federal government where we can get the steel and aluminum from. That's going to end up hurting American consumers, especially America's poor middle class. That's going to cause a problem. Back with Mike Lee, Senator Mike Lee. Um, the name of the book is Written Out of History, The Forgotten Founders Who Fought Big Government. It is a great book and uh, a must-have on your shelf if you are somebody that wants to make sure that we preserve history and preserve uh, the Constitution and what it really means or meant when they originally uh, drew it up. Written out of history by Mike Lee, available in uh, paperback now. You can get it at Amazon or wherever books are sold back in a second. Several years ago, um, we started something called Real Estate Agents uh, I Trust, and it's, it is because of the trouble that my wife and I had at one point trying to sell our house. We didn't know who to trust. We didn't, you know, we didn't know any good real estate agents. And the house just sat and sat and sat and sat and sat and sat. And, you know, it was always, well, you know, this isn't working. So it's the economy. It's this. It's that. This is before the collapse. Really? It is? We, we knew there had to be a better way to find a great real estate agent. Now we have over a thousand agents all over America who are just like you. Their word is their bond. They're fans of the show, so they share your sensibilities. And they're fully vetted and handpicked by my team for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record. And thousands of families have already put realestateagentsitrust.com to the test. And the results are remarkable. And you can see them for yourself. Houses are selling uh, faster on time and for the most amount of money at realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you're moving, you're having to sell your parents' house, or you're buying a house, go to realestateagentsitrust.com right now. Now is the time to act and sell your home. 
If you're buying a home, realestateagentsitrust.com. We're back with Mike Lee, author of the uh, book Written Out of History. Uh, it's going into uh, paperback now. Uh, Senator Mike Lee is uh, with us now. Mike, we're, we're doing a museum here in a couple of weeks called Rights and Responsibilities, and I've really been doing a, a lot of research on uh, the Bill of Rights. And it, I contend that every single one of our problems as a people goes away if we would just respect the Bill of Rights and live by them without someone saying, yeah, I know, we all love that, but... And then going around the Constitution, it's a it's a uh, an important document that almost I mean, there was only one guy when they signed the Constitution that said, I'm not signing until there's a Bill of Rights. You want to tell that story? Yeah, sure. Elbridge Gary was unique in that there were seven men who signed the Declaration of Independence who were also delegates to the Constitutional Convention. And of those seven, he was the only one who refused to sign his name. Uh, the only one of the, uh, of the seven signers of the Declaration who, who attended the convention as delegates who refused to sign his name to the Constitution. Elbert Gary uh, was a big advocate for the Bill of Rights, and he, he proposed it with about 12 days left in the convention. And um, at the time, the other delegates said, oh, no, we can't possibly do this. We're too far along in the convention process. We don't need to do this. There were some people who regarded it as kind of dangerous. I mean, Hamilton was against it because he believed the minute you started identifying certain rights as protected, that you would also identify other rights as unprotected, and that could cause problems. Uh, Madison, by many accounts, at least initially believed that uh, the structure put in place by the Constitution would itself be enough to protect them. Ultimately, Elbridge Gary, the delegate from Massachusetts, uh, won the case because even though the Constitution went through and was ratified without a Bill of Rights, one went through and, and, and was proposed by Congress, ratified by the states in part because of the undying efforts of Elbridge Gary. And yet he's another name uh, we tend not to focus on as much in our history books as we should. But his name is a lasting reminder of the fact that we as Americans believe that there are some things that are so important that government should never have the authority to do them. And among them is, you know, regulate what we say, what we print in our newspapers, where we go to church, whether we worship at all. And I was, I've, been, I've been reading the, um, the, the back and forth between the founders on the Bill of Rights, uh, and especially freedom of speech and, uh, and freedom of press. This whole fake news stuff is um is ridiculous would have been ridiculous to them they were defending people who were out and out lying in the press some of them were yeah yeah yeah, exactly which is why we can't get too caught up in the idea that the founding era was this utopia yeah where everything went well and therefore they didn't (laughs) even need to consider right government intrusions where they shouldn't have been no people were just as flawed back then as they are now right sure there are things about our culture that have been corrupted further since then but mike we gotta go with human nature thank you very much mike lee written out of history you're listening to the glenn beck program you know we've been um talking to mike lee and Today really has been about freedom of speech uh, for the most part, but they're all parts of the rights of man, the Bill of Rights. And the Bill of Rights 
is really one of the most glorious documents ever. If you understand the Bill of Rights, all of our problems go away. We can live with one another. We live side by side. I can live next door to Roseanne Barr. As long as she appreciates and defends the Bill of Rights, and I do too, we have no issues. We have no issues because it says that the government cannot force us to do things that we don't believe. And it protects the rights of men. So we're doing a museum, the Rights and Responsibilities Exhibition. It's Father's Day weekend here at the Mercury Studios. And we want you to come. Bring your dad. Bring your family. Uh, tickets are available at mercuryone.org slash museum 2018. Uh, some really exciting things in this museum. Some dark things. At the very beginning, the first, I don't know, um, maybe first 10% or 20% of the museum is pretty dark. Uh, and it is, it is, we're going to be announcing some things hopefully on Monday that uh, we can, uh, 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 you can look forward to seeing. But we have some pieces from uh, Europe, from the Inquisition, uh, from uh, just the worst torture chambers you've ever seen in your life. If you've ever seen the, iron, the man in the Iron Mask, we have a few of them that we believe are coming. And it is terrifying when you actually see them. And you realize this was this was a normal punishment for people. And it was a normal punishment. For instance, without the Bill of Rights, Samantha B, Roseanne, me, uh, and uh, Joy Reid would all be wearing an iron mask today. Literally all be wearing an iron mask. Because there were more reasons. You know, you only saw the one where, yeah, he was, you know, he was the king's uh, uh, brother, son, or whatever it was. No, no, no. No, they had Iron Max for all kinds of things. So we take you first through the darkest parts of history. Now, today I brought in on the radio, and if you happen to be watching on TV, this box, it's, it's from the 1800s. And this is, this is kind of cool, but really, really dark when you think about it. What this box is, and Marissa, if you can come and just help me, it's just really delicate. Um, what this box is, is a vampire slaying kit. Now, this, these were made starting in the Inquisition, and they really stopped, and some of them started to be fraudulent in the 1900s. But this is a vampire slaying kit, and this was sold to priests and to towns because of vampires. Well, we all know vampires don't exist. But if you look in here, here are the, the vestments for the sacrament that you would wear, the priest would wear. There is what the books in here are. What is a vampire? The Bible is in here. The rites. Uh, there's a, an old rosary. Uh, there's holy water. There is garlic was included, a chalice. In here, you would have the Eucharist uh, that the priest would bless. Um, and then there's a couple of other things. This is the hammer. Look at this thing. This is the hammer that would have been used. How would you describe that, Stu? A piece of wood. <laughs> Big block <laughs> yeah. piece of wood. Mm -hmm. Made it out, carved kinda. out into yeah. a handle. And another one. Looks uh, like a giant pencil. Yeah, Looks like it a does. <laughs> a gigantic comedy pencil, but it's just a stake. And you would drive it into the person's chest. Okay? If you found a vampire. It also came with a gun, 
here's the old gun that you would use, single shot gun, and the silver bullets. Amazing. Okay. Now we all know that vampires don't exist. I mean, you know, some people say that. Count Chocula would disagree, but whatever. You can go ahead and close that, Marissa. Look at the look at the dagger in there. Holy cow! I don't know if Count Chocula is actually a vampire. Now that I think about it. Okay, so so (laughs) the thing that's scary about this is if you were deemed a vampire, you didn't have any rights, and of course, vampires were going to say they weren't a vampire. There were no rights of man. There was no right to a jury trial. There was no right to, you know, even face your accusers. You're accused of being a vampire. The town is going to come and kill you. People think that, oh, we're so, we're so much past that. No, we're not. No, we're not. Man is a savage. You know, I saw Jordan Peterson this weekend, and the one thing that he said was, you know, I've studied all the darkest periods of history. I've studied the gulags and the, the, the concentration camps in North Korea. I've studied all of it. I know what they did. He said, but why I have hope is, is because I know those times can come back. But the human spirit is stronger than the darkest things man can devise. And it's true. But it doesn't just happen through happenstance. It happens because we step back and go, wait, I'm a man. You're a man. You can't do this. We, we are the same. There are certain things that you cannot do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you said the darkest times of history and you mentioned Stalin and Hitler and you, you talk about those times. And, and I think it's understandable but in a way, it really wasn't the darkest times in our history. No. You go back to the, always. the old-timey days. Oh, my gosh. And the difference is, you know, one of the reasons we look at Hitler as so negative, and we all say Hitler's a really bad guy, and Stalin's a really... Well, we don't all say Stalin's a really bad guy, but we <laughs> all seem to understand that mass murder of your citizens is not necessarily mm-hmm. a good idea. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that that's widely recognized is new. <laughs> like, like It is. The, it, it is the fact that we're horrified by it is a new phenomenon, the, which is a good phenomenon. The reason why the um, the idea of Camelot and King Arthur lasted so long was because maybe someday there would be a king that would recognize the little people. Yeah, that's why that exists. And that's what the Bill of Rights does. It recognizes the little people, the person without a voice and says, you are no different than the king and the president and the prime minister are just like you and have no more rights than you do. That is the goal. And we have we have never achieved it. But we are the clo- our country is the closest than any other country has ever gotten. Now, we can throw the baby out with the bathwater or we can step back from the brink and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. We haven't exercised the Bill of Rights and actually held to it as a nation and in the spirit of the Bill of Rights as people. And that's what we need to do. And we can do it. 
All it all it's going to require is 20 percent of this nation understanding the Bill of Rights. It's all it's going to take really understanding them and then saying, no, I will not accept the 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 exception for my side or for me. I will not. And instead of fighting for me, I will fight for the rights of those I disagree and I will hope and pray that there is 20% on the other side that will then say to their 80%, shut up. Shut up. He was right when he was defending us, and now you're going to attack him? No. No, I, will f- I disagree with him, but I will fight for him. It's why I say today, no, Samantha B should not be fired. Now, there is a business decision just like with ABC. And as a businessman, I understand why they might want to fire and can and have every right to. And I support the private companies of the world making their decisions. But I will not stand on the sideline and cheer for someone to be fired. I understand. And as a businessman, I think it was the right thing to do for Roseanne. As a human, I don't like it. It doesn't feel right. But as a human, I also didn't like the use of the C word. I also don't like what Roseanne said. I think what she said was was an abomination that my grandfather would have rejected. It throws us back into the into the dark ages. But it's not my responsibility to punish her. It is her responsibility to understand she has a responsibility that if we are to retain our right of free speech, we all must indeed be responsible. It's a compact. If you're not responsible, you will lose your right. So we must be responsible with our own language and we must be responsible to stand up for those who are about to lose their voice on the side that we don't agree with in hopes that they will be responsible and learn from it. I will not change. Society will not make me go over the cliff on what I know is right. And what I know is right is the Bill of Rights and the responsibilities that go with them. And that my responsibility is to stand in place immovable because these rights are inalienable, unmovable, unchangeable. No man, nothing can change those rights. That's what it's inalienable means. Nothing can change them. We think we can. And that's an error. And error always leads to injustice and suffering. Always. So all we have to do is correct the error of our thinking. And our thinking right now is win at any cost on my side. And punish the others because they're not going to stand up. They're not going to do it. I'm telling you you're wrong. You will not get 100%. I don't think you're going to get 80%. You may not in your lifetime get 50%, but all we need is 20% on both sides. 20%. That's not 40. 20% on one side and 20% on the other equals 40. Just 20% of the population. And we change the world. We can do that. I invite you to our museum 
rights and responsibilities. It's three days only. I'm going to be here the whole time. I'm giving private tours. You can sign up for that. All of it goes to charity. Um, uh, you can get just regular general emission tickets, and I'll hope to see you because I am going to be around. It is. It will take you through the entire studio, things that are part of this exhibit, and then other things that we have in our collection that are fun to see. Darth Vader's mask, the ruby slippers, all of that, all backstage. But this is the first time I have ever opened the entire studio, and I invite you to see it. It's our kind of our Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory moment. Come and see the entire studio. Should uh, I clean my office? You should probably okay. vacuum. Oh, no. you should, There's a lot of uh, uh, probably pebbles currently on the floor. Yeah so, yeah, so join us. You can get your tickets now at mercuryone.org slash museum2018. Mercuryone.org slash museum2018. It is Father's Day weekend. Great gift for your dad. Dad, great gifts for you to be with your family on that day or that weekend. June 15th through the 17th here in Las Colinas, Texas at the Mercury Studios. Mercuryone.org slash museum. 2018. All right, let me tell you about filter by. When you come into the studios, you're going to notice our air is super, super clean. And we do a lot of air handling here. Uh, there is a, the air handling in this. Uh, you should see. I'm not going to open up the studios, but when you go backstage, you're going to be able to hear this gigantic behemoth of an air handler. It's it's like the thing in nightmares, isn't it? It's because you got a lot of hot air coming out of this room. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh. So anyway, when you're moving, you know, 80,000 square feet uh, and one, what this studio is 19,000 or 16,000 square feet, four stories tall That's a lot of air that needs to be conditioned. Uh, and so we have these giant filters uh, that take all of the crap out of the air uh, and we have to have them specially made. But, you know, if you want to have them specially made or you just, you know, instead of going to Home Depot and having to drive out and get it and remember Filter by can help you just by you order them online. They'll ask you, hey, do you want to be reminded or do you want us just to send these out, you know, every six months or whatever it is that your HVAC system requires? Uh, they'll ship them out for the you know 24 hours and you'll have it. You'll be able to um, uh, change your filters. All the filters are made right here in America. Plus, they'll knock five percent off any order just to make your life a little easier. If you just sign up for the, you know, auto delivery, it's 5% off. It's filterby.com. We use them. I use them at home. You should too. Filterby, B-U-Y, filterby.com. Okay, so there's good news and bad news. I want to leave you with really good news, but I'm going to start with this. President Trump has just uh, signed in the, you know, Canadian, Mexico, and EU steel and aluminum tariff. Uh, That's not good, and we're going to get hit back by that, and it is going to... It, it will begin a trade war, uh, and it just is not going to be good for the economy and not going to be good for jobs. But hopefully we can turn that around. Um, and we have some good news today that shows that the other things that he's doing is working. Yeah, this from the New York Times. Again, from the New York Times. Headline. Headline. We ran out of words... To describe how good the job numbers are. 
Now, I could, we could look at this two ways. They wouldn't have won out, run out of words <laughs> if it was Barack Obama. See, I, they would find more words. I think they deserve <laughs> But uh, they deserve credit. the credit. We're going to look at that as that's the best headline I've seen. Yeah. Uh, and they go through a bunch of synonyms. Splendid, excellent, healthy, salut- salutary. Okay. <laughs> they go through the entire that. thesaurus. I know that uh, Wilbur the pig, uh, you know, he wrote that on that spider web. And also humble, which isn't a particularly good brag. <laughs> right. right. He right. really had the first humble brag. Best <laughs> unemployment numbers in 50 years. In 50 years, it's 3.8. Glenn, Beck, Mercury. 